Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, we're back for our second basketball preview podcast extravaganza over at MWCWire.com. Eli, I'm not sure if it's extravaganza, but we'll do our best. I We should just go for it and call it an extravaganza. Might as well. Um, this particular show, it's Boise State, but backtrack to know who we are. Eli Betker, Jeremy Moss here. Eli does a lot of hoop stuff. He's the brains of this operation, as I said before, for basketball. <laughs> At least he pays more attention to every more than I do. So, so if I seem like I'm lost for a moment probably because i didn't look something up but that's okay I'm, that's not gonna happen as much this time around we'll be good to go but blog talk radio itunes can you imagine if i were on a football podcast that'd be a nightmare no we forgot to do vegas to pepper you with football questions oh man but hey purdue right purdue <laughs> that's right boiler up boiler up they yep they are doing pretty good yeah we're uh talking uh not football because that would be a mess if you talked football <laughs> It'd be, nothing but Josh Allen takes hey they're probably as good as everybody else apparently people still think he's the number one quarterback which sure whatever yeah. we're talking basketball so again like I said uh, iTunes, Stitcher, all those fun podcast plays tell a friend, give us a review uh, Twitter, you'll figure out what Eli's Twitter is but it's Betker underscore Eli you figure out how to spell it, I'm not going to tell you well we should but yeah. how do you spell it, tell him one, at least one time we should be nice once be, yeah, yeah, one courtesy throughout these team previews, it's B-O-E T-T-G-E-R underscore E-L-I. Shouldn't be hard to find him, so check him out. Um, if you go to the MD- MWC Wire Twitter account, his his account's under there, so you can do that. He writes uh, Heat Check B- C- shoot. Heat Check C-B-B. There you heat go. Check- or you could just type in Nick Duncan on Twitter, and you could probably find something by me on there. So what are we going to do about Nick Duncan, because he's no longer on this team? That's the most important question for the Broncos. We'll jump right into it. They lose your yeah. local neighborhood dude. Nick Duncan, the trucker, the Australian trucker, who I still remember when they um, played, who was it, uh, Wyoming in the uh, conference semifinal championships. He did pretty well, but he's gone. Who's going to replace him? He'll be replaced by Christian Sangfelder, and he... Was he a dude? He's good. Does he, uh, does he look like some neighbor? <laughs> the guy mowing the log next door? Next door? Maybe if you live in Germany, because he is German, I do know that. Okay. Uh, but no longer the Aussie connection, it's now a German connection. But Sengfeld is a really solid player. He's averaged double digits three straight seasons. He's not going to launch him from deep or flip off crowds like Nick Duncan, so that's unfortunate. But uh, as far as production goes, I think Boise State landed a really, really solid player. All right, so we'll get to Boise State. Last year they did, they did okay. Um they were, um, we got Leon Rice head coach, a couple key losses super quick. Uh, Paris Austin, Nick Duncan, obviously, James Reed. Nearly lost Chandler Hutchinson, but he's returning, which is a, with, if he wasn't on this team this year, they'd be a heap of mess. Yeah, he, he'll probably be at least in the top two voting for player of the year this year. He took an immense leap from a sophomore to a junior season. He averaged 6.8 points per game as a sophomore. That went all the way up to 17.4 points last season. And he also improved in rebounding, assists, steals, and he was just phenomenal last season. 
And I have been hearing that he's been taking another leap this offseason. So who knows what he can accomplish this year. So it might be a one-man show at times for Boise, but Hutchison's a tremendous player, and the Broncos are lucky to have him back. So he's, is he going to be in your top one or two for the uh, our top 25 countdown? That should be getting underway pretty soon. Maybe by the time you hear this, maybe? Definitely, yeah. He'll, he's definitely one of the best players in this conference, and don't be surprised if he's our number one player come, what is it, October 25th or so? 18th, no. I mean, October 18th is media day. Yeah. I think, right? Oh, that's true. I th- it's around there. It's like a so. Wednesday. I got the email recently, so it's like okay. a Wednesday in Las Vegas, so sure. So we got him on the team, clearly. Who's going to be the number two guy? Because if you look at what was uh, production-wise last year, nobody else coming back averaged in double figures and minutes played outside of, like, uh, Jessup. Not many played a lot of minutes either. I guess uh, Wack, David Wacker for there from Texas had 17 minutes per game. But who's going to be the number two scorer? Is it going to be Jessup, who's seven points a game, or is it going to be the uh, German connection coming in and increasing uh, his production where he only started three games last year? I think it'll probably be Jessup, and he was phenomenal as a freshman. He's probably the best three-point shooter on the team. He hit 1.63s last season, uh, which was third to James Reed and Nick Duncan, who have both moved on. So he'll definitely get a ton of looks. I think Sengfelder will probably finish in um, double-digit scoring. I expect Jessup to as well. So those guys will probably share number two duties. And then you have a solid duo, uh, you could call it a trio down low of Zach Haney, David Wacker, and Robert and George. Those guys are all massive and are decent producers as well from the five spot. So um, I think Jessup and Sankfeller are probably the solid number two, and then you have a pretty decent center rotation down low. All right, let me ask you this. Since our last, if you listen to our Air Force show, we talked about your transfer piece. Boise has a couple transfers coming in from, I guess, technically, um, is it three transfers? Two Division One transfers for sure. You got a uh, for coming in from Fordham, Christian Segfigler, and then Alexis Williams out of uh, Valpo. Are they going to do anything? Because looking through some of the predictions, they think that Fordham transfers are going to actually be the inside presence. To maybe he'll be the number two guy. Yeah, he definitely could be. I think there's a lot of pressure on Alexis Williams, who's a Valparaiso transfer. He's a senior this season. He's a uh, graduate transfer. And he has to fill the spot of Paris Austin, who would have been a junior with this team this year. And Austin was just starting to really develop into a solid offensive threat. He's attacked the basket and just a speed guy, and he's a phenomenal point guard for this team. But he's moved on to greener pastures. So Lexus William comes in, and I've talked to a few Valpo guys, and, and they seem happy with Lexus Williams and what he did with the Crusaders. But he has a lot of pressure because he has to take over for Paris Austin, who is really starting to bloom in this roster. And if it doesn't work out for him, they have Marcus Dickinson, uh, who's the presumably he'll be the backup point guard uh, who's had limited looks so far. But I think Lexus Williams should be at least a decent option at the number one spot. Let me ask you this coaching stuff. We talked. We'll talk about coaches throughout. Does Leon Rice get the credit he deserves for making Boise State and actually a pretty good basketball team that's been to what? two NCAA tournaments in five years? I think he gets the respect he deserves when it comes to media and coaches and announcers, but in terms of fans, I don't, I don't think it's quite there yet. Uh, he's completely changed the Boise State basketball program, which was, I mean, you you talk about Boise State basketball in the mid-2000s, they said, oh yeah, but did you hear about the blue field? So it, like, it, the program was pretty much irrelevant before Leon Rice came in. 
and he's won at least 20 games in all but one season. He, he's been there. He's been there for seven years, and that includes two tournament appearances and a top 25 appearance. So uh, he's got this program in the right direction. You can expect them to win at least 20 games every year and at least get into the NIT. So I don't think he gets the respect he deserves, and that's why I had him as my number two head coach in my coaching rankings. So I think he's just about nail-to-nail, toe-to-toe with any other coach in this conference, and he really knows how to win games. Will there be any fire on the court, literal fire this year on the court? (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. Leon Rice likes to get his guys going in just about any way possible. I know that he had some green juice he was making his players drink when they went to elevated schools like Colorado State and Wyoming. So you can expect at least something he'll be up to this season. Wait, he did that. Boise's pretty high up there too, aren't they? At least about 4,500 feet or something. Uh, I'm, I'm not the guy to ask on that, but I, I, at least a little bit. There are yeah. mountains in Boise. I've been there before. There are mountains. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess going to 7,200 plus is a bit different even from four, four mm-hmm. or 5,000. So like this team, they're probably they've won twenty games, I think five straight years in a row, which is pretty impressive for Rice and all the guys coming through. What would you tell people who, like you said, oh the blue blue turf? They have a blue court. They sort of did for a while at Taco Bell Arena, the orange or blue three point area. So if we're ta- if we're talking to fan, people who are coming, in, oh, what's Boise State about? Our t- basketball team plays Boise State. What would you be like your pitch to them? Like what would expect on offense for Boise if when they're going into the non conference slate for? Team X happens to stumble across this little show we're doing here. Well, I think they're a really entertaining brand of basketball, and that's what Leon Rice has instilled into his guys. They like to get up and down the floor. Um, they're almost always a high-tempo team. They love to shoot the threes. I I can't remember the exact quote, but Rice has some philosophy, which is, I guess, a money ball era in basketball where you either want to shoot threes or you to get the ball down low and make layups or dunks. And that's an entertaining uh, scheme of basketball, so the fans like it. And when you have quality shooters, like you've had Nick Duncan and um, Derek Marks and Chandler Hutchison, you have these scorers who can hit from outside and also produce inside. Uh, It's fun to watch. So I think Boise is definitely one of those mid-major teams that is on the rise the last half decade or so, and they play a pretty entertaining brand of basketball to go along with it. All right, so we got Boise, the... Been on the upswing for the past couple of years, like you said, Leon Rice there being a. I guess I guess he's still an underrated coach overall because I guess if you're a fringe basketball fans like Leon Rice, isn't that uh, who was that guy again? Who we got here? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. with this team, they've never really had outside of beating. Who did they beat a couple of years ago in a non-conference? Um, then they beat something pretty good from the Valley a couple of years ago that was ranked. Was it was it Creighton before they moved on? Yeah, they did beat Creighton. They beat Oregon last Oregon, season. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the year before that, and they beat SMU um, last December. So they have, or was it last? It was last November. So they've they've had some quality wins, and they usually play at least a handful of decent teams in non-league play. Has there a complete non-league play schedule came out yet? I think it has. Yes, I believe so. I'm, I'm pulled up. Yeah, I have it up right now. They actually play a reasonably good slate here. If you look at who they have, they got. Uh... Couple TBDs to the Puerto Rico tip off. They got UTEP and some other play, some other teams. Whoever they match up there, but they have like, yeah, whatever. Southern Utah, whatever. Who cares? Eastern Oregon doesn't matter. They got like LMU. Oh, they're not very good either. Sorry. Oregon. They go to Oregon. That's gonna be decent. Hey, Eli Eli Brown sighting, right? That's right. Yeah. He's not gonna chuck up sixty percent of the shots in Oregon, but still, he's a, he's a shooter. <laughs> 
They go. Definitely. They got um, Grand Canyon, which is going to be a crazy good game, I think. Then they go to SMU. That's a reasonable. That's a decent non-conference schedule, I would say. They also have like Sac State, Portland, uh, LMU, and Loyola itself. So better than Air Force, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a standard Boise State schedule. You have a couple cupcakes in there to generate some wins and momentum, but uh, you can't complain heading to at Oregon, which probably a top twenty team. SMU is typically solid. That one's down in Texas. And then Grand Canyon at home, which is a team that's very much on the rise who will compete. So those are three solid games on that non-conference schedule and it should lead in nicely into the road matchup at UNLV on December 30th, which opens league play. Do you recall, I probably shouldn't ask you this because you probably don't know, who else is in the Puerto Rico tip-off besides Boise and uh, UTEP? I, I don't have it up right now, but I could probably find out pretty quick. Let's see real quick it's before you e- get back to me. Yeah, well, I'll get real quick. We'll keep we'll keep we'll continue on. That's what we do here. It's an ESPN game, so it's on like ESPN U News, whatever. Here you go. You got App State, Iowa State, South Carolina, Tulsa, um, Western Michigan, and Illinois State. So that's it, there's some decent teams, right? Yeah, it's it's decent, and it's. It's more experience for any of these types of games for these guys, and that's what Leon Rice said last year when he had uh, this team traveling from place to place. He just wants to get the guys to have some experience and learn how to play together because, like it was last season, they have a number of newcomers and they need everyone to gel together. So it, it makes sense. Yeah, South Carolina was in the Final Four last year, so they could play them in game two, it looks like. And Iowa State's a solid program, Tulsa. So, yeah, there's some definitely some decent games that could be had in Puerto Rico tip-off. Just keep winning. That's all I got to say. Keep winning, right? Yep. You win those games, you'll have a chance. So, for this team, like, these previews, we're not going to go super deep in every aspect of every little thing because it's we still got time for basketball. There's a lot more to do. So, for this Broncos team, who would you say would be – like their stiffest challenge this year? Is it just uh, Nevada, who's probably the only team consider better to them? Is it still San Diego State? Like, what's a team you'd say they'd have the most trouble with this year in the conference if they're going to maybe win the league? Yeah, well, they, they did struggle against Nevada last year. They dropped both of those games. San Diego State usually presents a challenge to them, uh, and San Diego State just pummeled the Boise State Broncos in the first round of the Mountain West Tournament last year, so those two teams are probably the ones that I would select. I think Wyoming's a trending team that could probably match up size for size with Boise State. Um, so they'll definitely have some strict competition towards the top of the league. Um, but when you have the number one player in the league like Chandler Hutchison, you typically like your chances night in and night out. All right, so where do you, where are you putting this team at here? Because most I'm looking here at Athlon right now. They have them at the NIT spot, number two uh, team in the conference. The league on league on itself is like, oh, they might get one team in the NCAA tournaments, maybe two if something weird happens. What what is your like kind of because Hutchinson, he's a guy in my opinion. If he could score, have a big game, he can go on a big run, like similar to um, who did Fresno have a couple years ago? Um, Montel Harris, is that who it was? No, uh, Mar- yeah, Mar- Marvel Harris, Harris yeah. yeah, where he would mm-hmm. chuck it from midcourt, essentially shoot from thirty five feet and just <laughs> ch- score and score and score and keep his team in the game. Boise's better than that what Fresno is, but is that what Hutchinson is to say they're going to maybe upset Oregon? I guess SMU on the road would be an upset to get enough of these wins where they can build up something. Whereas because their non-conference is not amazing, but it's still they'll have some top a couple top hundred teams, maybe top fifty teams in Oregon. Maybe SMU or something goes right with them, and who knows who they face that tournament. But I think he's a player where any game they're in, 
he could win them that game. Is that too far to say for about for his ability? I think that's probably fair. And obviously they'll play some games this season where they'll have some bad mismatches. Oregon's extremely talented and SMU and Grand Canyon have some guys. Uh, but when you do have a player like Hutchison, who's probably going to score about 20 a night and also grab 10 rebounds, maybe dish out six assists, that's someone you definitely want on your side. And I think it, going back to their tournament analysis, if they can maybe upset Oregon and just notch a few solid wins on their non-conference schedule and, I don't know, get up to 25 wins, maybe they could be in the discussion. But as of right now, I would probably slot them as an NIT team. I think if Paris Austin would have returned for them, you could probably make the case that they could really compete with Nevada for the number one spot in the conference. But I think because of that point guard position, you don't necessarily know what production you'll get. I would probably slot them a few ticks lower, but it's a good team that will probably win 20 games regardless. So we mentioned some of the key players, and you're working on your top countdown as am I. You got Hutchinson there, more than likely going to be first team preseason in a couple weeks or whenever you're listening to this already has. Who else could make that list? Because like looking at like these magazines, they only have Hutchinson at all, and I guess the top ten when you go to one and two teams. Who would you? Who else could you see making your top twenty-five list? Because it's only twenty-five players. There's only eleven teams in the conference. So if you're getting more than two players, even three, you're probably doing something right. Would it be like the transfer coming? Any transfers coming in from Valpo? Would it be the dude from Germany? Any? I sorry, I missed the names here, but I had a, I'm flipping through. I had them written down, but I didn't. But who else would be maybe make that list, or is it just going to be Hutchinson on your list, and that's it of the top 25 players? Because if you're going to win the league, you want to have probably at least a second guy in there, right? Yeah, you definitely need a solid number two, and we've seen that, uh, like with Utah State last year with Jalen Moore, and we've had some stars in this league the last few seasons, and not ne- necessarily a supporting cast to back it up. But I think Boise State does, and Hutchison, like we've said, he's probably the top player in the conference. And I really like Christian Sangfelder and what he brings to fill in for Nick Duncan's spot. I think he's probably a top 15 player in the league. And then you could probably also make the case for Justinian Jessup, who if he makes the same sort of offseason change as Hutchison did last year, he'll probably break out as a sophomore. And he was efficient, and he, he proved a lot as a freshman. I don't think... Many fans or coaches expected him to be as good as he was as a freshman last year. So I would probably pick Sangfelder and Jessup to also be in a top 25 player list to go along with Hutchison. But we'll see what happens. But those two guys should definitely be on most fans' radars. It looks like as well. It's Alexis Williams, the guy from Valpo. Like reading through a couple of these other magazines, like they think he could be like a huge piece to help this team out. It's like backcourt play they so he could be in there he could help uh, alleviate uh, Hutchinson so he doesn't have to does not have to uh, shoot it up as many times or score as much so I guess some are high in Williams so maybe he could be, be in the mix but regardless I, I don't think see his team finishing worse than third in the conference because Nevada has the most talent best coach him and Rice right there San Diego State's rebuilding a little, still uh, relatively speaking Hutch, they got Dutcher there who's coming up um, taking over for Fisher but I don't see any team, like, like I said before, have any talent that's like, oh, we're going to be beat them no matter what because you said, well, I mean, maybe Fresno because they have a pretty good backcourt, people like them coming in. But overall, it's like they're probably going to fish. If you had to predict what the media is going to do, would they pick Boise probably number two? Yeah, either number two or number three. It depends what they think about San Diego State. 
or maybe UNLV. I know a lot of people are hyping up the Rebels, but I don't have them that high. I think Boise State is probably a surefire lock for a top three spot in the league. So what would be a disappointment for this team? I think lower than third, and I think the expectation is this team um, should probably play in the NIT again this year. And you also want to see Hutchison, uh, and this is not necessarily something that the team can control, but if Hutchison can land his name in some more draft talk and see his name drafted in next spring's draft, I think that would be really cool for the just benefit of this program and just to put Boise State on the map because you you see names of these players come up on the draft and you never know what can influence recruits to, to come to the program in the future. And if, if Hutchison will be drafted next year, uh, that's definitely something that won't hurt the program. So that'd be, that would be cool for them. Do you think that's a possibility at all that he could be drafted? I haven't, I really don't look into draft stuff that much until probably until March Madness is over. But I think people have good things to say about Hutchison. And now that he's developed a, solid perimeter game I think he's definitely a threat as someone who's got decent size and he's active on uh, defense and he can definitely score from all three levels so he'd probably be someone that I would take a look at if I were a general manager but I don't I don't know where he sizes up in terms of mock drafts as of right oh, now. plus you got one issue with that is like all these play- overseas players there's typically half a dozen minimum I mean 10 that could uh, be in the mm-hmm. mix for that it's like well I don't know. It just happens, right? <laughs> when these guys yeah, from Germany, tough. from if they're not playing in the U.S., they come from South America. They've been playing in the Euro League or Russian League for a couple of years. And he doesn't necessarily need to be drafted, but if he can be on a roster like, say, Gene Clavel did because he didn't get drafted, but we knew all along that this guy had NBA prospects just with how good he is in terms of isolation and scoring, and he played extremely well in Summer League, and now he's on an NBA roster, so... Maybe Hutchison can go the same route, and that would be really cool for Broncos and their program if they can have a guy on an NBA roster. Before we wrap this up here, would there be any chance, like with Leon Rice, say they make let's just, let's just say they go twenty-two and ten or whatever, and NIT, they miss out NCAA, but he does well enough that another school might take a chance on him. I know it's I don't want to talk about coaches leaving, but he had to, he's one of a few not many teams or coaches that had five straight twenty-one seasons. He's doing it at a place that's never really had success at basketball and is able to maintain it for this would be what his sixth year for you to do it. Would there be any chance a team could lure him away, maybe? Or are they like, well, he's just NIT team, he's doing good enough. Not no team really wants him unless they're gonna take a reach. Like a it's like what we talked about last year with um Muslim into Cal. Cal's not a great job. Probably get a few more bucks. Is that where Rice might be at if he just goes to NIT and a team, say a West Coast team or a team like bottom third of the power power six conference would take a chance on him is that where he could end up going i think it's possible um i don't know how many coaches would get promoted so to speak off an nit season you usually don't see that too much but um from other coaching circles i mean most coaches have nothing but glowing things to say about leon rice and what he's done in, in his seven years with boise and i it was rumored i don't know how legitimate or how close Rice was to taking the job, but he was rumored to head to St. Louis, uh, I believe it was last spring. So so there was some talk, and, and you mentioned Musselman with Cal. So whenever you're at a conference like Mountain West or Missouri Valley and you have continued success where you're winning 20-plus games year in and year out and getting into the tournament every second, third year, 
you'll definitely catch the eyes of some of the major programs who need to take the next level, like a bottom three, bottom four power conference team. So if if Rice keeps doing his thing, when winning 20 games, producing good talent, bringing in four-star recruits, I think he'll continue to hear his name call from power conference. And I don't know if he'll take a job like that, and, and this is all just, we're all just talking right now. But um, yeah, <laughs> you got to talk about something, but... I, it, it's possible, I, and I think if Rice continues this success, he'll probably get a power conference job at some point in his career, and just only a swing, but maybe he does want to at some point. Um, and he, I think he has capabilities of succeeding at the power conference level too because he's recruited really well. Um, in a place like Boise, who's not like a trendy area to recruit, by any means, and he's brought in some solid guys there. So, I don't know. I think he'd probably get some attention. Okay, I'm just curious because, it's, it's, like I said, it's preseason. Talk big picture sometimes, maybe super big picture about that type of stuff. Would he? Um, let me let me follow up on that. I'm assuming we both know the answer, but say he wins a conference, ghost like basically does what Muscleman does last year. I'm assuming that would make him a more hot commodity to move up to Pac-12 or somewhere in the Big 12 or something like that if they were to go to the round of 64 at least. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he would definitely be rumored to something. I think if he does take a power conference job, it would probably be in the Pac-12, I would assume, because he has a lot of Northwest ties, and he went to Washington State and has been with Boise for quite a while. So it would probably be a Pac-12 job that he would take, but hopefully for the sake of the conference, he sticks around for quite a while and continue to help Boise and and make sure this team wins 20-plus games every season because that's what the expectation is right now, and that's pretty impressive because when you look at this program 10-plus years ago, to win 20 games in seven straight season is not something that most fans could imagine. Exactly. and I'm just glad they got rid of that blue and orange part of the arena under the uh, 3.9. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't an NSA mandate that had to get rid of that stuff where the key actually had to be, the paint had to be a colored I think that's eventually what took him out I don't of know. it. Yeah, it's possible. We'll see. All right, so I think I think we're good here. We don't need to stretch and talk about court colors for much longer. Coaches getting fired or hired, because <laughs> yeah, we whatever. So we prediction time. We didn't. We we you probably can allude to where we're going to predict this team, but we didn't officially say it. Where are you going to put Boise State in your preseason poll once we? Uh, I guess at some point put this out. I have Boise State as a number three team. And I've wavered Ooh. back and forth between second and third, but I have them number three as of right now. Interesting. Number three. What about I'm you? Going number two, which I thought you were going, but I'm going number two. They'll be behind Nevada, and I guess I can see three because there's a lot. There's a decent amount of uncertainty on this team, just because when you lose key players and you have guys coming back who only played ten to fifteen minutes a game, scored eight points a game, have a couple of grad transfers who're trying to mix in, so I could see them having some bumps in the road, like. Losing to Grand Canyon, that's even though they're predicted third in the whack, I believe, by most, that wouldn't shock me. They beat San Diego State a couple years ago. So I think they'll have some bumps early on just because of getting this league or the team to – not league, but the team to, to gel together. So I'm going – but I'm still going to go number two, I guess. <laughs> even with yeah, my, that stuff. <laughs> yeah, my bottom line for this team, and I've, I'm sure I've said it before online, is that – if Paris Austin would have come back, I think this is, is definitely a clear-cut number two team in the conference and probably one that could go neck-and-neck neck with Nevada. But 
you're not necessarily sure what Lexus Williams will do at point guard, and if if he can't produce as they want to, Marcus Dickinson will come in. So there are some question marks at point guard spots, and you need guys to produce outside of Hutchison, or else it'll be a one man show. And that, as we've seen in the past, that's not always a good thing in this conference. So I have Boise State number three right now. Don't want the one man show is a tricky situation, right? Yep. All right. So I think that's it for today. Thank you for uh, tuning in to our basketball prediction extravaganza i'll just i'll just live with extravaganza there we go extravaganza talking boise state we have air force in the books we're going to be doing i believe two a week so by the time you hear this um, the schedule probably is going to be like a tuesday friday release date but which i didn't mention the first show but if you are uh are a nice very nice to us and you appreciate what we're doing or maybe like eli more than me i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he, or Jeremy more than myself. Possibly, yeah. Hey, that that could be a shocker as well. If you head over to our, uh, we don't want to, we don't pump this too much, but just enough to maybe give a friendly friendly reminder. If you head over to our Patreon site, uh, MWC Wire, or Patreon backslash MWC Wire, whatever. You two things you can do. If you if you hurry, you can be part of our top twenty five countdown. Or even if you don't have to hurry, we will have all of our podcasts, even football, which sometimes I'm, I delay on, so I apologize for that, but. These basketball ones will be released early and without any little 30-second ads I drop in because, yeah, we want to make a few bucks here and there. But if you give us at least a dollar, all of our podcasts, or as soon as I'm done editing, they'll be up for you to listen to. So this one right now, it's probably not going to be released for like a week and a half. Which uh, What's today's date? We'll give an official date. What, what's today's date, Eli? Is it... I believe it's the 24th. So there's a chance. It's September 24th. You could be hearing this on Sunday, September 24th in the evening because it's 4.48 Mountain Time right now. I'll Depending on how quickly, Eli, you get me your part of the file, maybe 5.30 Mountain Time it'll be up. I'll do, I'll do it ASAP. We'll see. Yeah. But it'll be released right away. No ads. If you give us a buck per month, you can listen to these right away. We're going to record probably two at a time. So if you if you want to be part of that, and if you hear this and you're waiting, because the official date for this is going to be, I think, uh, October. Let me put my calendar here. A week, basically Friday from now. So that's what October first, September thirtieth. Let's see. Yes, I'm rambling here. Get over it, folks. It happens. <laughs> I just thought of this as we're going. So the official release date is um, September 29th. You may get this a few days before that if you hurry and listen. And it'll be on our Twitter. So if you want a buck, if you want to hear basketball. Here's we don't care if you give us a buck for the month of September, you can or October whatever month it may be, you can cancel after if you just want to hear a preview and laugh at how wrong we are. That's okay too. Yeah. And and to be honest, what can you buy with a dollar? I can get a. You know what I get for a dollar? What's that? A giant big gulp refill by local Seven Eleven. Just the refill. The refill, not a new one. A refill. So I have a cup from the other day. I take it. So mm. I I, hey, <laughs> I can give up one of those to help to do this so so can you right mm-hmm. yeah definitely and if you do a, like a three bucks just saying you can do our power pull and as i say you can hijack it and you could put um san jose state or air force number one if you want every week i don't care yeah if you want to we it's we appreciate it we encourage it to have some shenanigans it's all fun so <laughs> we're biased against your team right of course every team so yeah if you want to give us a few bucks get this early great we'll get up as soon as we can and yeah that's all i got for this boise uh, re- preview um and I oh we didn't say tournament do you think still nit for them or is it any is that your projection as well nit bid yeah I have nit for I, them mm-hmm. I, they might sneak in the first four but the Mountain West has that two teams in in a while so I'll I'll stick with you and go to nit as well so but that's our that's our show Blog Talk Radio tune in iTunes Stitcher 
Pocket Cash, if you use that. Po- I know people use Podcast Addict. Whatever you use, we're there. And give, subscribe. Tell a couple of friends. Give us a retweet. Um, we will give you a shout-out if you give a retweet. So, But that's our show for tonight, mwcwire.com. Yeah, we have a website, too. We write stuff occasionally. Did I get every? Did I get all the business in there, Eli? Anything else I missed? I th- I think so. Maybe you say extravaganza yeah. one more time, and we can head out of here. All right, that's our extravaganza Boise State preview. And as always, yeah, we're biased against your team.